Welcome to the audio version of BARG, exclusively for Canadian mortgage professionals who want to avoid losing the rate game by using the credit game to win. To join the conversation for visuals and additional resources, you can go to our private Facebook or LinkedIn page, and all the links and resources are in the show notes. Welcome out to another episode of BARG, and I have Jamie here. What are we going to talk about? The sexiest thing you can think of, TransUnion and Equifax. Where it takes two to tango. (laughs) And we will talk about why it is important to look at both of them when any kind of qualification is needed, especially when it comes to mortgages. Uh, So we'll get started with a little bit about you as the co-host for today. Uh, you would tell me about yourself. You're NBC, you're married. What else? Um, I thanks for having me on, by the way. Yeah. I'm really excited uh, to be part of this because I'm probably one of your biggest fans. <laughs> I got like a hundred of your books in the back, I give them away to everyone. Um, so thanks. I, um, yeah, I've been in this industry for just nine months, um, and I'm loving it. I, before this, I was in research of science. Uh, I specialized in honeybee research. So a little bit of a, a different uh, career path, I guess. But uh, I can see a lot of it, how it all fits together. Because in science, it's all about, you know, procedures, protocols, following these standard guidelines. Um, and that's kind of what I find it's like in mortgage brokering, you need to be able to research, find solutions for people and use kind of all the tools that you have available. I don't have lab tools anymore, but I sort of have a computer and lender spotlight and all those kinds of things. So, <laughs> And I apologize because uh, here I am trying to repress all my, my B jokes. Um, so uh, I get them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of something original, not too corny, but uh, we'll just... Uh, We'll just keep on going. So that that I didn't know it was in uh, the the honeybee. So that's uh, industry. So that's or that segment. So that that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you so nine months. Uh, so almost a year coming up, I guess. Yeah, I feel like I've just like, I've come out of the womb, the brokering womb. It's been nine months. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's about <laughs> that time. And you I'm think I would know that with how many kids I have, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, you're well you're well aware of the, of the <laughs> that process, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so still and you've, and you've done something a little different because a lot of people wait a while and then start educating as you know other brokers as you go. But you and Jen Marks have a podcast. Tell me a little bit about your podcast. Um, yeah, so I guess the idea behind that was if I'm going to have to learn everything from scratch, I might as well share it as I go. Cause I'm, right. I know there's a lot of new agents in the industry. Um, like I was just thirsty for knowledge and trying our best to source out some information before we have to bug, you know, our mentors or our other teammates. So I thought, well, Jen's mentoring me anyway. So right. we might as well just record some of our, uh, you know, conversations that we have or the things that I'm learning and uh, just put that out there for others just in case it might help them too. Very cool. I like it. Uh, I wish I would have thought about that, but I, I guess when I, when I had done it, I didn't even think of, well, it was a different time too. 2006, <laughs> there wasn't so much recording or courses or any, 
anything like that. Can you tell me a little bit about Mike and his story? Yeah. Husband wife contacted me. They were just kind of drowning a little bit in the, in the debts and looking for a solution, um, possibly in a refinance. I was excited to get going on it. It was my 11th file. Um, so of course I'm, and I'm still like this. I'm not over it yet, but I'm not, I haven't like, been yes, dated like by the one. industry yet, but yeah, yeah, for me, like any call that I get, I'm like, all right, let's do this. How are we going to, how are we going to make this work? So, uh, so yeah, did got the consent, uh, pulled credit, got all their documents and then noticed that there was a collection showing up on the credit bureau. I don't think they even realized that it was on there. But yeah, so I saw that and I thought, what does this mean? I don't know. Who can I call? <laughs> Richard Moxley. <laughs> so yeah. Not as cool as Ghostbusters, but uh, <laughs> Mike had fraud on his credit report where there was a Money Mart payday loan. There was already some some late payments on there because of kind of what you had already explained their situation. Mm-hmm. So trying to get a refinance with some late payments is hard enough, but then uh, Obviously, having a, an outstanding collection with Money Mart yeah. would be a showstopper for you know anyone. I don't even know if B would do it, but uh, but definitely not A uh, when when it's a payday loan for sure. So that's that's something where uh, when when we had first looked at it, their scores being that six fifty, and surprisingly, their TransUnion was quite a bit higher, um, yeah. so seven thirty nine. Do you normally look at the TransUnion on your files, or or was this just because you saw the error on Equifax? I I don't always, but almost always. Like okay. if there's ever if I get that spidey sense of like there might be something else, like. And just depending on what their score is and that kind of thing, I I will. But I I want to say probably ninety five percent of the time I pull both. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. If if their credit scores are in the eight hundreds and there's no missed payments and everything's clean and thick, then I don't usually right. go to both. But what I found interesting is that they had already had the the letter from from Money Mart that it was fraud. So did you coach them through that or or how did that work? Yeah, I I did. When uh when I went through the credit bureau with him, I asked him about it and he told me that it wasn't him. Okay. Um so it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I believed him right away. Um but I did, you know, ask a couple other brokers like, oh, you know, like, what should I do? But they're like, he's lying. It's probably his and he doesn't want to admit it. And because yeah. they've been in the business long enough that they've probably seen that a million times. Right. <laughs> um, but for me, I was like, no, he's, he said it wasn't him. I, I really don't think it was him. Yeah. So, uh, so I just, I just assumed he was, he was telling me the truth and he was. Right. Um, and so I was like, okay, what are we going to do? We got to find out. Um, we got to get more information about about this charge. So yeah, that's one I did coach them a little bit on, on calling them and, and trying to get some information about who actually took this out and what they had on that file um, to find out why it was, why it was showing up at all. But then uh, beyond that, I wasn't really sure what to do because we went a couple of weeks and he was calling and calling and like not getting through to anyone. Nobody was giving him a straight answer. And I thought, yeah, this is not going to work because he's working full time. His wife's working full time. You know, they're trying to get this refinance. They're already stressed. So they really needed some help. 
so I have this resource and, and I'll include it in the link down below Ooh, yeah. or send it out as, as a resource for anyone on the email list. But it just goes through in, in short form what the steps are when there's fraud that comes on the credit report at all. You essentially did a lot of these. And I do have another episode where I'll go into detail a lot more about the fraud process. But uh, I do have that resource just seeing as we're already talking about it. Uh, yeah. But what was cool was that you already had him to the point where he had the letter, which is great. He said, she said type stuff doesn't play very well when it comes to Equifax and TransUnion. Yeah. And because it was both on both, having to go to both without any paperwork, it's possible to do, but the chances of success increase greatly when you have a letter. Uh, so yeah. this is an example of uh, a letter that Mike got to confirm essentially that it wasn't him and, uh, and, and the chore, uh, the story checked out, which was great. Awesome. Uh, so my ability to get that corrected or your ability as a broker to get that corrected is much easier when you have some kind of documentation. Um, yeah. So that, uh, that was great. And then, uh, he had this letter, but I guess his problem was that it was still on the credit report, which, uh, you could go to a lender and provide this letter and maybe they would look past it, but it always looks much better if you just don't have it on there at all. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you have any other advice or suggestions that, that you learned through that process at all? Well, I learned a ton about just that, that process in itself. Cause I think that was the first time that I even saw what it looked like when it showed up on the credit bureau as a collection credit scores still weren't going to be strong enough and the and also the ratios weren't falling in line with an insured or an okay. a, a lender so yep. we did have to think a little bit outside the box just because we weren't using as much income for him and so on so we we, we needed to go somewhere where we could um do like a, i think we did, ended up doing a stated income yeah oh, on the stated side. income type deal yep yeah for him um so yeah that i think that might have also been my first B file. Oh, okay. Well then, then yeah, definitely yeah. a lot of learning on, <laughs> on that. It, it's a different world for sure. It was. Yeah. It, it, I really liked, like doing B files though. Um, the alternate yeah. or alternate lending, I should say, and trying to get in the habit of saying that I definitely don't <laughs> say B to clients. Um, but yeah, there, so. there could be a B joke there. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. It, it came up anyways. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It all makes sense now. It makes I, sense like, now. Yeah. I knew I was going to stick it in there one somewhere. <laughs> I just, it just came there. So, uh, yeah. no. Um, oh, sorry. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I, I, one of the things that I learned through that experience truthfully was just the, like how available you you've been to, to, to like help out and answer emails and questions and stuff like that. And, uh, that was really great. Cause like I said, they were struggling really hard trying to get this sorted out on their own. And I certainly couldn't do all of the work that right. I needed, you know, to get it done. So it's, it's nice to be able to hand it off um, to somebody that, you know, that they're still getting looked after in a way. And, uh, and I've done this one or two times before. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, no, that, I'm, I'm glad I was able to, to help. And it's always fun working with people that need help and you're able to provide that, that service for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to ask you, so yep. you went through and get this removed from Equifax. 
Do you also have to remove it from the TransUnion or will it happen automatically? I wish it happened uh, automatically, but it is a completely separate dispute process. Um, Same with Equifax, or sorry, same with joint files. So if this was on his wife's with his, then it is technically a separate dispute. I know on the dispute form that uh, mortgage brokers can, can put through, they give options for doing it as a joint dispute. Uh, that's, that's something where I've, ha- I've tried it and I've had issues in the past. So, uh, yeah. generally it's individual for each Equifax and TransUnion for each person that it's on their report, whether it's a joint account or individual. So, and do you have, is it the same type of thing with Equifax and TransUnion? So there's a form and brokers could do that too if it was just a it's small... a completely different process with it's transunion totally... <laughs> okay uh, they they switch back and forth so uh just they always change their processes and they don't correspond or talk to each other or try and make it somewhat the same it is very individual so that's that's where i deal a lot with brokers is on the transunion side because there's some kind of error that's shown up and they may know how to do the mortgage, the dispute on Equifax, but TransUnion is completely different ballgame, huh. even if you do have access to them. Yeah. And so would it, I guess they don't cross, if you get it removed from Equifax and you don't get it removed from TransUnion, does that mean that your trans your Equifax score would end up being a lot higher? Or would, would the TransUnion score drag down your Equifax score? Or so they- the, the score are the scores are completely separate between Equifax and TransUnion. So anything that is on the report is affecting that score, but they don't cross over whatsoever. And okay. some lenders don't report to both Equifax and TransUnion. Yeah. So you'll have, let's say, a collection show up on one and not the other, or sometimes even uh, a loan if it's not with a major bank, some of the smaller lenders, they will report to just one and not the other, which will then, once again, completely change that score. And is it true that the insurers will check both? I've, I think they do it on every file now. I Back in the day when I had done it, there was some that I think snuck by, but I, I don't, I get it a lot where brokers have not pulled the transunion and then they find out that there's something on there once the insurer gets involved, which can obviously stop a deal right away. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's why it's good to check, to check both of them, especially if it's an insured file because. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And even back end insured. So I get some brokers that will say, well, it's 20% down. It should Ah. be fine. But now with monolines back insuring a lot of their deals or, or just lenders in general, then the insurer is still in that process, which if you don't know about backend insured, I'll put a link there. And if you're having trouble sleeping, <laughs> you can, you can watch more about backend insured mortgages. But uh, as far as the Equifax and TransUnion, that is something that I do suggest uh, with, with the, the files is because they are, they can be so different um, and, and that's one of the things I, w- I wanted to talk about. We're going to play a little game here. 
I have some duos that when you see one, you're always looking for the other. And so I'm going to show them to you. And then at the end, you got to decide which one's your favorite dynamic duo. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Rock and Kevin Hart, Mary Kate and Ashley, Bert and Ernie, <laughs> Zendaya and Tom Holland, uh, <laughs> oh, Scooby Doo, Thelma and Louise, Buzz and Woody, <laughs> Chandler and oh. Joey. Out of all those, which one was your favorite dynamic duo? Oh, definitely The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because he's Kevin carrying Hart. Kevin Hart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're funny. They're a funny duo. The, uh, the yeah, it's hard. There's quite a there's some good ones. Oh, uh, <laughs> Miss Piggy and Kermit. Oh, I forgot that one. Yeah, that's an old that's an old one. No, yeah, the funniest a... the funniest one wins for me, and that's yeah. got to be The Rock and Kevin Hart, right? Awesome. Yeah, and uh, they're they're great, and and so when you see them, you're kind of always looking for the other one uh, because. <laughs> They they just seem to go to together so well. And that's really how I explain it to clients and hope that I can get across to brokers is to to stop thinking about credit as just Equifax or just TransUnion and, and look at it as two sides of a coin. So we have one side that's Equifax and one side that's TransUnion. And of course, one side would be worthless without the other. So no, I know uh, you're you're much better than what I used to be. I, I know that when I was a broker, I never pulled Equifax or TransUnion. It was always just just the the lender only needs Equifax. That's what I'm sending in, and most of the time you, you do pretty good. Uh, but it only takes once, unfortunately, uh, to get a deal where you submit it in, and there's something on TransUnion that you weren't aware of. And all of a sudden, it, it makes you look bad. It looks bad to the client, to the referral partner, and even to the underwriter. Have you had any questions while you're looking at a TransUnion? Because it is a slightly different format. Yeah, you say slightly, but to me, it's like... <laughs> okay, so it's let, let's be real. It is completely different. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Cause uh, to me, it's, it, yeah, it's so foreign. I feel like I'm finally getting familiar with the regular Equifax credit bureaus. And right. when I look at the TransUnion, I'm kind of like, mm, it, as long as it's the same stuff is on there ish, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite different. And I haven't done any um, TransUnion training either. So, yeah. Richard. <laughs> yeah, working on it. Okay. Working on it for sure. Actually, I will put links into how to read the credit report. Um, and both Equifax and TransUnion. I'm going to do it in stages because I, I don't want to bore anyone talk That's two good. hours about the in-depths of uh, TransUnion or Equifax for that matter. Uh, but I, I will be going into that to detail because that is something I get quite often. Um, of course, they make all these codes and they put it in there and then trying to figure it all out is... is it is. Uh, yeah. I have like, I keep this on my desk and I write the codes in the front of it. <laughs> so very that good. I remember. And yeah. I've and got some new ones too. Yeah. It's kind of like a dec deciphering <laughs> a hidden message in there. Uh, just, just to make your job even more fun trying yeah. to figure it all out. Yeah. It is. Uh, and sometimes it pulls over differently too in, yep. in velocity from uh, the credit bureau. So you can't just always rely on when you, uh, what's pulled over. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I, I forgot about that then. And you need to know your codes for sure. Yeah. 
Now, one of the, the biggest differences other than the score, so the scores can be and, and generally are very different from each other. I, I mean, even in Mike's case, we're looking at almost 100 points difference yeah. between between the two. That's just kind of the start of it. Uh, they have different codes, generally different addresses on there. So it's something where uh, it, it is very different. And, and one thing that TransUnion doesn't take old, good information off the report. It's on there forever. It's like a trip down credit memory lane to go through your TransUnion report because it it literally does have everything on there. Oh, that's neat. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So the old negative stuff is supposed to fall off, but the good stuff stays on there forever. So that's just a a little bit different. But yes, I I definitely will put in links on on some differences and how to read the, uh, the basics of it just to get started. And uh, some of the nuances between the two reports, for sure. That reminds me of another question. Yeah. <laughs> the falling off. Because I believe I ran into something about this a couple of weeks back when I asked you about it. And I was surprised at your response. And so was um, Jen. So uh, because I had a client, I have a client who is uh, waiting, like not purposely not paying off the, um, the debt, the debt, um, because he was told that it was going to fall off after six years or five years. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. Um, and I thought that can't be like, I thought that you'd have to pay it off and then it would be removed after five years. Yeah. And so I asked you because that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) And I welcome the questions, but yeah, it's a common one. Uh, I, I get it all the time and the client will get different answers wherever they go. So if they call in Equifax, they will get a different answer to this. But studying thousands of credit reports, yes, it comes off automatically after six years. I have on the screen some differences between Equifax and TransUnion. And another point on why you would want to pull both Equifax and TransUnion it's because some things stick around longer with TransUnion than they do with Equifax. So you as a broker are assuming that everything's good to go because it, it, it's already fallen off Equifax. But then you get this huge surprise and unfortunately some egg on your face because of the fact that now you're you're dealing with the, the backtracking scenario that, that we already talked about, <laughs> which yeah, is not so, fun. Wh- okay, so... I looking at this, it, it makes me wonder if you lived in PEI. Yeah. And <laughs> I think of that move? every time. Like I just, ah, uh, like why, why? Could you just move? Like what? Can you just your address be not in PEI when you pull Equifax and then? That that's a good question, and the, it, technically, it's where you got the the loan or the debt from. Oh. But uh, I have been successful in getting it removed if the client is in a different province. So if you have anyone from PEI and it's still on there, that is something that it, I, I feel it's worth disputing. Um, it may not technically be an error, but it's just wrong that it's uh, like, I don't know, just why. It just yeah, doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't it be hard to really nail down where the debt originates from? Because a lot of the... that's what I that's what I play to. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I'm like, <laughs> is that Equifax and TransUnion are too lazy, or they don't know what uh, where 
where it started from. But yeah, that that is definitely what I play with. <laughs> okay, okay, good. That makes sense because like you're not even if you walked into a you know a BMO in in PEI, the, the money's right. probably coming from Toronto anyway or Ottawa. Like that's yeah. the addresses that they use. So that's right. Yeah, the the, the main lender or the the main branches downtown toronto anyways yeah yeah i hope that brokers are catching on the importance of pulling transunion now i have been called cheap mostly by my kids and my wife but uh i i wouldn't want to pay the extra money <laughs> for every file uh, so some of the suggestions that that i have is you can a- ask or request the client to get a copy of their transunion report and then have them send it to you or look through it. And that kind of covers your butt as well. So if there is something on there, you've pre-approved them, they go and get mortgage financing. And then as part of your conditions or emails out to them, you say, Hey, sometimes there's some differences with transunion. You might want to check your transunion report just in case there's anything on there then at least they can't come back and say, well, you never told me and now I can't get this house and it won't close on time because of you. So that that's one reason why you would want it. And plus, it just sucks to have to try and do all of this in a rush because yeah. unfortunately, TransUnion takes a little bit longer. Sometimes when I'm doing the client intake call and I ask them how they think their credit is, I usually ask to see what they think. Um, if they say that they're, they might have some bad credit, there might be some collections, there might be this, there might be that, then I will try to, to get them to pull their credit and send it to me first that so sense. that I'm not doing a hard pull on somebody that might already have some damaged credit. Yep. Um, my success rate with that hasn't been very high. <laughs> But, uh, and, and why do you think that is? Why, why do you think it, uh, does, does it scare it, scare them away or do you think they're confused or, or do you have any insight on that? Yeah, I think, I don't think most people think it's as important as it is. And I, I think that they are usually calling me to just figure it out for them. They don't really want right. to have to do anything uh, for it. And they'd probably rather take this, this small hit than have to go online and order something and figure out, even though I send them the link and everything right. on how to do it. Um, but yeah, like the last time I did that, they, they never did. And then they ended up selling their house and without getting pre-approved or anything. And I, I said, okay, well, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go ahead and pull it now because yeah. now we're in, now we're, now it's game time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe I could, I could reframe my wording around that. I think, I think because I'm so new, it's hard to be, uh, as assertive as I need to be with some of these things, uh, because I'm trying really hard to be nice. And also, you know, it's, it's a really touchy subject for a lot of people, money and then like debt. And then on top of that, like bad credit, it's, I feel like I'm still a little tiptoeing around it a little bit. And I'm once just, you get past the year, you'll turn mean and you won't care anymore. 
Just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I get, yeah, because it, it's honestly going to be more beneficial for my clients too, if I can be a little bit more. Uh, more fun with that. Yeah. I, I think it's important at least that brokers try um, because of the, the CYA included in that. It's something that should save you some time and headache down the road, or at least not have you look bad down the road. So yeah, totally. And I do use that line actually a lot, like rather than it being a negative thing, I say, you know, a lot of times we find that we pull credit and there's something on there that you didn't even know about. And we've got to make sure that we look after it sooner than later. So let's just, let's just have a look and see what's happening. And then uh, if there's anything, and I'll usually blame cell phone companies because it's usually a cell phone company. And just make it more of like a fun, happy, dead yeah. conversation. Yeah, it's not their fault. It's someone else's. Yeah. And we're just That's here to key. protect you. But yeah. I think it's a huge value add for for anyone that works with you on that. I'm excited to see the links that you have because I'd like to template it in an email. so that Yeah. I can- yeah, that's that's the goal. So uh, to provide, not only have a conversation around it, which was what we're doing today, but to provide the resources that you can either pass on to your clients directly or, you know, kind of make it your own and, and then develop that and then send it out through through your own route, however you want to do that. But at least give you ideas on, on how, how to deal with all of the nuances of, of credit. <laughs> the many, yeah. the many, many nuances. So that's, that's subject. Yeah. so that's all I had uh, for, for today. Was there something that uh, you wanted to point out or comment on or? No, that was, I think that was great. Oh, good. We, we covered a lot. Some nuggets there. Yeah. Some golden nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I'm just thinking about B jokes again. So, uh, we'll end there or we will buzz off. (laughs) There we go. That's that's the only one I could think of anyways. Uh, but, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks Richard. As a reminder, if you have any comments, please put them down below. If you had the question, most likely another broker now or down the road will have the same one. If you have a specific client scenario that you want me to review, please send me all the details you can to info at creditgame.net and I'll see how I can help. You can click the see more button in order to get the links and resources that we talk about in the episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.